audio. Hello and welcome to another edition of My First Concert. I'm Mark Houston along with Andy Young. And it was about five years ago I was doing my radio show up at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally at Rally Point. And as I was there, I noticed that a band was getting set up on stage to perform and enjoying live music of almost any sort. I got kind of excited as to who I was going to see. Never heard of these guys. They were called the Eskimo Brothers, three-piece band, a bass player, guitar player, and drummer. And that was it, stand-up bass player. And once they started... I'm pretty sure I missed 90 minutes of my radio show because I was totally wrapped up in what they were doing. Kind of a honky-tonk, rockabilly flavor. The charismatic lead singer, David Graham, just put you right in the palm of his hand as they were performing. And over the years, they've had a standing invitation to return to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, and they've shown up every single year. They work their ass off when they perform for you, and it's one of the highlights for the Motorcycle Rally, one you should never miss. And that's why I get very excited when I I know I'm about to interview David, and that's who we're going to be talking with right now on My First Concerts, David Graham of the Eskimo Brothers. Great to talk to you again, buddy. What's up, Mark? How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Good, good, good. good Everything's yeah. good, man. Yeah, uh, thanks for agreeing to do this. We're, we're pumped. Thanks for, thanks for thinking of me. For sure. Yeah, we yeah, just the, we just talked with uh, Yeah, we've got, you know, we're warm. Ambient, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we just talked to uh, Daniel Donato yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a pretty fun interview, having the whole Roberts connection with you and everything. And oh, yeah, yeah. That was He's a, a good dude. That was a pretty good. Yeah. How long have you, how long have you known him? Uh, I've known, uh, I've known Daniel since he was, uh, 14, I think maybe younger than that. I mean, I, he used to busk out on the sidewalk. His old, his old man would set him up out there and he'd play, he might've been 12, 14, something like that. I actually used to have him, uh, I used to have him out once a week. Uh, I had a residency at a place called Whiskey Bent. His dad would bring him down every Sunday. He, I think he was 14. Yeah. He'd play. He's a, he's a talented kid, man. When stuff like that happens, David, I mean, when you come across, you know, kids like that, um, uh, you know, is there any, I mean, this is, this is kind of a weird question really, but is there any, do you guys play off each other's talents or do you kind of, um, do you kind of think like, God, man, that's, you know, that's certainly played off his talent. Nonsense. You're like, you're like the, you're like a touchstone, you know, I mean, you're, you're you're like the, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say, but it's like, you're, you're like the standard down there, you know? Well, I think, uh. I think if nothing else, I've just lasted a long time. Um, you know, people come and go a lot, but this was this was my only option um, for me. So I've, I think I've been in Nashville uh, 16 years. As many times, I mean, you and I have talked quite a bit, David, and I don't think I've ever I've ever asked you, you know, your your background, where you grew up, where you're from, um, you know, where your roots are a little bit. Yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I'm a diehard basketball fan from there. Um, you just went to a game not too long ago, didn't you? Yeah, I flew down to uh, Orlando to visit my uh, my uh, younger brother and dad lived down there, and we, uh, my brother and I, you know, grew up in Portland, so we uh, we'd go to games whenever we can. I've always wanted to go to an NBA game. I've never been. But, really? I mean, yeah, I just yeah, they're a good time. Yeah, they're a blast. Yeah, when you get good yeah, seats. Yeah, good time. 
Yeah. So then was your, was, did Oregon influence you quite a bit musically? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's an eclectic town. Um, lots of music, uh, flourishes there. Uh, mostly my family's originally from St. Louis, Missouri. And my dad was kind of into kind of classic country music and, and my mom was into rock and roll. And so I always kind of, that's where I find myself today, just kind of bouncing back and forth in that world there, trying to trying to make sense of it all, yeah. Did they play uh, instruments too, David? Were they were they kind of musically inclined in that sense? No? No, no, no. Just big music fans. Just always had a radio on somewhere or records spinning or whatever? Yeah, always music playing. You've said it to me a couple of times, actually, is that there's, and I sometimes just throughout, you know, days or weeks or months or whatever, I'll think, about comments you've made when you say that there there literally is nothing else you want to do other than what you're doing. And right. you you would go 365 if you could. Yeah. I'm just enamored by that way of thinking about a passion that somebody has. Yeah, I think uh going back to my family it's 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 really all I've ever wanted to do. I remember I remember being five years old in kindergarten and this it's all I could think about it's all I ever wanted to do like yeah it's literally all I've ever wanted to do but where where did that do you remember going back to kindergarten and and where what 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 was that spark then where did that come from man I think originally it came from maybe Elvis and then uh well that doesn't translate at all to what you're doing now (laughs) (laughs) yeah a little too close sometimes no in a good way that was a compliment thank you and and the who my mom was really into the who and rod stewart and uh bob seger and i just love that stuff and uh i just once i saw the who you know i listened to it all but then um what was the name of that thing the the kids are all right have you ever seen Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah i think once i saw like pete townsend smashing his guitar and like the whole thing i was just like man that's that's all I've ever wanted to do since then. I've never once seen you smash a guitar yet, though. So when do we get to see that? Maybe a few more scotches in the in Sturgis. Things will get wound up. Oh, I'll, I'll bring the bottles if I'm guaranteed to see that towards <laughs> the end of the night. Yeah, my, my dad was the same way. I, I remember he always tells a story when he was teaching up at Lake Preston in South Dakota. He was like an elementary school teacher. But he had this big five by seven foot poster of the Who that he hung up in his classroom back then. Yeah, so that that's, that's just the same cool. thing. Like that's just one of the they're they're like a touchstone. They're one of those musical influences yeah. that that yeah. made a huge yeah. impact. Speaking of educators, yeah. David, did you did you do did you take any schooling at all? No, it was the school of hard knocks, man. I just uh, one of my dad's coworkers. I was five years old or eight years old. I can't remember. It was something like that. And uh, no, it was eight. Uh, he brought this uh, Sears electric guitar over to the house and I was obsessed with the guitar. And he, uh, he told me if I could learn, if I could teach myself a song, I could, I could have the guitar. I can remember to this day, I can smell that guitar. I know exactly. I know everything about it is, is, is burned in my brain. Uh, and so I taught myself, I sat down and taught myself uh, the, uh, the, the melody went to uh, Heartbreak Hotel from Elvis, and uh, he gave me the guitar, and I was that's that's kind of where it started. And as I played with uh, everybody, I played with obviously was better than me, but I had more passion than they did, and so uh, I was always the catalyst to kind of keep you know I was starting bands and I was trying to book gigs, and and so I you know I bring these guys on, and I you know I was always learning little bits and pieces, and then uh, I started playing the drive. I switched to the drums when I was thirteen. 
I still play the drums to this day, but once I started playing drums and then there was more guitar players around, I just was just, just like a sponge. But it always it always came naturally to me, like the like just the way my hands moved it. It just was just it felt natural to me a little bit. I caught on pretty quick. I think it's so interesting that it in, in a lot of the stories, uh, when we talk to, to, to guys like you that, you know, um are are so passionate about playing the guitar that it's always at some point in your childhood there was a guitar in the house or somebody brought a guitar and I'm like, well, what happens if, what if somebody would have brought a clarinet to your house or what if somebody would have brought, <laughs> you know, some instrument like that? What, do you, do you think that passion would have, I mean, or you would, would you have looked at it like, give me a break? <laughs> I mean, anybody that plays an yeah, instrument is amazing. Uh, you know, I think the, I think the danger and the, I was kind of a rebellious kid. I don't know if the clarinet would have struck me the same way. <laughs> as the guitar did. <laughs> well, well, I think like the way music calls people, I think, your specific instrument calls you as well. Like you're, you're Absolutely. you specifically, or just every musician, like you weren't supposed to just be a musician. You were supposed to be a drummer or you were meant to be a bass yeah. player. You know what I mean? I agree. With, I, I, agree with I, that. I definitely I agree. see that in people and it's in their personalities. It's in their, just everything about them. Like physically it's like you makes more sense yeah. if you're a guitar player because it just is right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Is there is there anybody, uh, David? I mean, you've uh, you know you're obviously a staple uh, in Nashville. Uh, I mean, God, you're a staple anymore. You know, the, the, as much as you play, there's a, just a ton of venues right now. Or oh yeah, here come the Eskimo Brothers. We know exactly who these guys are. Knock on wood, yeah. Yeah, and, and we're ready to go. Um, that's uh, David Graham and the Eskimo Brothers. <laughs> that's right, David Graham. <laughs> Thank you for that. I got you. <laughs> uh, is there is do you have a wish list of of people you would want to play with, or are you are you just one hundred percent satisfied with what you have right now? I'm never satisfied. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm always the guy that I always think it could be better. I think it could sound better, um, almost to a fault. Like it's hard for me to just relax and enjoy you know enjoy the ride sometimes. Um, but uh, you mean like sharing the stage with somebody? Yeah. Or, if you, you uh, do you have anybody that you've ever been like, man, if I could step up there and we could just go back and forth for half an hour. Uh, Andy. <laughs> okay. So well. that, that makes, I was just thinking, I was remembering this instance. I think it was two or three rallies ago. I can't remember, but it was the last night of the rally and you guys are packed up. You're ready to get, you got a show somewhere like a state away or something the next day. Yeah. And you guys are like in the van getting ready to pull out. And we stop you guys and we're like, hey, we want to get David up for just one song before the rally's over. And you and you came out in like this full fur coat. And it was the most fucking rock star thing that I've ever been yeah, a part of. It was so awesome. I might have been slightly overserved too. Like, that's, probably, but, well, it was uh, the last night of the rally, so that's that would make sense for, yeah, for all of us. It's uh, <laughs> very gracious, gracious of you guys to get me up, by the way. Um, oh, it's a... It's, it's, it's a standing invitation. Well, I appreciate that very much. That's the thing. I, I've been doing my own thing for so long. I it, It's hard for me sometimes to get up there out of my comfort zone and do something, you know, like, because I'm, I'm not a school guy, you know, even being in somewhere like Nashville, where some of the best guitarists on the planet live in this town and they're buddies of mine, you know, in the back of my brain, I'm always like, man, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> well, that that's the thing, though. Like, you're not a chameleon. You're an artist. You know, it's like you you are your own identity. You know. Well, I appreciate you saying that because that means a lot to me. To me, um, 
I think that's uh, all my favorite artists have always been that way. So do you, and speaking of Nashville, do you feel that that, that if you, that, that you could do this any place else or, or is Nashville a pretty important part of what you do? Uh, well, right now where I'm at now, I think I could probably go anywhere and do it. Uh, certainly try to do it. Um, uh, but I think early on when I first moved to Nashville, I think it was an important part of, of uh especially when you play roots music you know that's that's where uh your fans are and your audience and so uh, as far as the building blocks of, of what i've built here i think it was is wildly important um now i think i could probably go anywhere and do it a little bit is there any place else you would like to be outside of nashville yeah i want to I, I i've said it many times i've told my wife i'd love to buy some land um out where you guys are no kidding you, yeah. you we'd do. Lo- we'd I, love to have you. you. You do know that we have November through March here, though, right, David? Yeah, you know, everybody. We get this thing called an eight-month winter. <laughs> right? Yeah, when I've had people tell me, they're like, "Man, living in a place like Nashville, where you know you can't go to the grocery store without getting stuck in traffic," and it didn't used to be like that, and that's, it's become kind of a drag a little bit, and there's just so much go, go, go in this town, and then all the traveling I've been doing, I yearn for quiet wide open spaces you know and so when i when i do go to sturgis i know we're all i we're all having a good time and we're there to do work but i it really i've been all over the world and and south dakota is is in the black hills and that whole area is like some of the prettiest country i've ever been in and it does something to me when i'm out there i don't want to be one of those assholes that moves into your cool place and uh because i know that you guys probably because the Sturgis have a lot of people moving in and, and taking up residency, but I'm, I'm definitely one of them that would like to. Yeah, we, we, we do, uh, we do vet pretty extensively. And since we've known you long enough, you know, you, you, you automatically make like the top cut. So you're good. You're fine. Okay. That's, I appreciate that. So, you know, that, that being said, I would love to have uh, a second place out there with some land or something. Yeah. Part of this area, too, I feel like it is turning a little bit into a place for people to make music. I think we're getting a pretty decent scene up here. Well, you guys definitely working. Well, and I think that, you know, so many people when when they talk about the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, they everything is focused on the, the motorcycle part of it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for me, who I could give a rat's ass about motorcycles at all. You know, it is <laughs> just a giant music festival for me. And that's what is just if we could get that message out to more people i think they would truly see the unbelievable talent that that comes downtown every year that's what that's uh and my guys and i have talked about it many times how not only how thankful we are that we're a part of your guys's stable of of entertainment uh because i know you guys have your own little inner circle thing but to be a part of that is pretty cool because uh everybody's everybody's super talented the shows are good you guys, your business, you guys have your business tight as a whip down there, and it's... Uh... Well, I'm glad that we fooled you. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy the way the universe works. I mean, we were just talking about this with Daniel yesterday about how you just have to ex- expect things that, you know, they're meant to be almost. And the, the whole reason that we even connected with you was Shane goes down to Nashville to buy a bus for Judd Hoos. 
and stumbles into Roberts. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming it was Roberts and and sees you and is just like it was late. It was uh, it was Layla's Bluegrass Inn. And he's just blown away and he's like, I don't know who these guys are, but it was incredible. I'm reaching out to them. They're definitely playing the rally this year. That's wild. Cause I I, re- I remember that conversation because I remember how gigantic he was standing next to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was on the floor yeah. below the below the stage and he was still at eye level. I deal <laughs> I deal with those guys all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So he, he comes up to me after the gig and he's like, hey, man, have you ever you know thought about playing Sturgis? And I was like, man, we've been trying to get into I mean, most bands around the country are trying to get into Sturgis. That's a, that's something that everybody wants to do. But it's it's hard to break in there if you don't have a connection in there. And uh, I mean, I get offers like I get offers every night. Everybody's, you know, if I had a nickel for every time right. somebody. Everybody owns an, an arena they want you to play. Yeah. So I, I learned I learned to take that with a grain of salt. But uh, I remembered him because he was so big. And I was like, man, this big dude says he wants to get into Sturgis. And uh, he did. And I'm so thankful, so thankful for that. Because it's been really, it's been, it's been something that we circle on our calendar every year. It's like, we all look forward to it. You said that you've, uh, you've played all over the world. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Like some overseas places. Where have you played overseas? Um, England, uh, Finland, uh, Latvia, Holland. What are the reactions like to the music when you're there? Oh, man, you it is like something it's it's uh, they at least in the Scandinavian countries, they they love American music. They freak out, man. It is like nothing I've ever seen. Well, and especially your show, it's like an Americana, like they're going there for like a cultural experience. They're like, this is America. You guys are like the poster yeah. card of what American yeah. roots music would look like, you know? And they, and you know, it's like they, they have special Budweiser nights where everybody regular Budweiser and then they're just, everybody's freaking out. It's just the, you know, American night over there. They're like, these guys love Budweiser. Yeah. And I'm All sure Americans do. And I'm sure they're not drinking it. They're, they're holding it. They're like, God, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. They're going to sponsor yeah. this thing. Do my kind of stuff, kind of root, a little more roots based uh, stuff. They, yeah, they, they freak out on early American culture, man. Hey, it's why it's like, it's a thing we're booked to, we're going to, we're supposed to tour, uh, October, November. We're doing, uh, we're playing in Barbados doing two weeks in the UK and then we're doing two weeks in uh, Belgium. I would love to see, you know, a, a show like yours played to a crowd like that. God, I think that energy would just be insane. It, it was, uh, my first experience. I got off the plane. First time I played Finland, uh, they picked me up from the plane uh, the band was already there and I, I showed up and there was like 5,000 people there and they were wound up and they didn't even give a shit who was playing. They just, they just knew there was, they knew that there was an American band going to play there. And, uh, it was, it was, it was nuts. Any football games when you're in Europe? No, but, uh, that's, that's definitely on a list. I'd love to, I'd love to win. That. That's gotta be like a buckler. I like, I need to go see a premier game someday in my life. Oh yeah. That's that would definitely be on my list to to check out. That's uh pretty amazing. Pretty amazing when you see their reactions over there to that that sport, man. So, uh the you know, kind of the point of this this podcast, David, is is to you've been able to pinpoint that moment in your life where you knew that this was going to be the thing that you always wanted to do. Um mm-hmm. but do you remember that do you remember that first concert you went to that you you just kind of stood there and just all the pieces then, even though you knew what you wanted to do is like, yep, here's where it falls into place. Yeah. And actually my first concert, uh, what was my first concert? My first concert was, uh, Motley Crue. My mom, 
allowed me she just she drove me down there and dropped me off and my buddy and I could not believe that we just had you know she dropped us off and we had the freedom to just go into the arena and I think uh, I don't remember how 15 maybe and uh I remember getting to our seats you could smell you could smell pot in the air not in Portland not in Portland yeah and uh, <laughs> yeah and I remember there was two there was two young ladies in like bikinis a couple seats away and I was just like man what is going on <laughs> I've seen some amazing concerts over the years, of course, but um, yeah, the first one always kind of sticks with you. That's kind of why Andy and I wanted to talk to guys like you is because they're always, every time you have a conversation with artists or, I mean, you know, educators, anybody in the music industry, they can always point to that one moment. They're like, this is where yeah. I stood. And I'm like, yep, I, I want to, this is what I want to do. You know, I just, yeah. the energy, we talked to the guy that runs the monument here, the, the civic center, you know, and he said he remembered standing on side out next to the stage with the artist playing. And he said, I felt that I could only imagine what that lead singer feels. Cause he's like, I'm the one that put this together. I'm the one that brought in yeah. the show and made it happen. And I thought yeah. that was really interesting mm -hmm. from a perspective of, it's not just the guy with the guitar and the lead singer, you know? Right. Right. Very true. All right. I got one more, I got one more weird question I want to ask. This kind of came up yesterday too. And I know, and I know yeah. you can answer this better than anybody. Shit. <laughs> what <laughs> is the deal with the song Ghost Riders in the Sky? Why is that such a popular song for guys like you in the music you play to do? Yeah. Well, it's, I'll tell you why. And, and I don't, does, does Daniel do it now too? I think he's, yes. He's played it for years with Kelly. And, uh, well, we all, I shouldn't say we all. There's a there's a small group of guitar players that kind of went to the school of Don Kelly here in Nashville. That's exactly Don what Kelly he said. Had, Don Kelly had a long running gig at Roberts. Just a wildly talented guy, total ball buster. Had always had the best bands in town. He's had some of the best guitar players cycle through his band. It, it's the Ghost Riders. The Ghost Riders guitar solo thing started with Kenny Bond who plays guitar for Marty Stewart. And he's a wicked-ass guitar player and even a cooler guy. He start, He was the, he, the originator of that. And he used to play for a gal at Tootsie's. And she wanted him to learn that song uh, so she could have something to strum along to and give her a vocal break, I think, probably. And uh, so Kenny started doing that. Don Kelly came over from Roberts and, and liked it so much that he's like, man, you got to start doing that in my show. And then so it went from Kenny Vaughn, you know, to, uh, I can't remember the order, Brent Mason was probably before Kenny Vaughn. Uh, Kenny Vaughn, and then you know you had uh, Red Volcart, Johnny Highland. You guys know who Johnny Highland is? Have you ever heard that guy? It sounds name sounds familiar, yeah. Johnny Highland is one of the most amazing guitar players that has cycled through Nashville, bar none. And uh, so he was part of that, and, and I don't know if he did it, but certain cats along the way uh, picked up on that and did it. J.D. Simo uh, took that idea and and took it one step further and i think that's jd simo is is kind of the one that influenced uh daniel donato myself uh luke mcquarrie who plays there now yeah oh my god i saw luke playing with you guys and you guys did this the almond brothers medley that you do and it was just like oh yeah, yeah. chilling like jaw-droppingly good it was <laughs> it was unreal well i appreciate that i'm just hanging on for goddamn dear life <laughs> no man you're crushing it it was <laughs> it was unreal it was unbelievable uh, yeah and Luke, Luke is a dear friend of mine, and he's uh, probably one of my favorite guitar players in Nashville. Uh, but anyway, the story of Ghost Riders uh, and Porter McClister was another one. Uh, 
probably arguably my favorite guitar player of all time in Nashville. We've all kind of borrowed that idea. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of those guys stayed in Nashville and I tour. And so I've kind of taken it on the road. And Don, Don Kelly himself told me, you know, he's like, man, take this out and do it. Do it on the road, man. You know, use it as a showpiece. And we just all that group of guys kind of came from the school of uh, Don Kelly. And I'm proud to be a part of that little circle. And uh, that's kind of where it came from. Well, it's definitely one of the highlights of, of, of people that have watched your show. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. It's different every night. night. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and just like the overall theme of that song, it's just like Mm -hmm. synonymous with the tone of a, of a Telecaster. Like you, you you can't, you know, you, you'd be wrong to play it on a Strat. You know what I mean? Oh, it just it wouldn't come out right. Yeah, it'd be blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what's what's uh, what's your what's the rest of your year like up to August now? Well, we just uh, we had uh, we had two two weeks off in January, which was the first two weeks I've had off in a year, and we just just got done this. Uh, I just had this last weekend off in February. We didn't have to travel, and I think uh, I've got one more weekend off at the end of February, and then all hell breaks loose, and and I we won't stop until uh probably early december it'll start slowing down in december so it's going to be uh just balls to the wall from here on out in about two weeks yeah so i'm just, I'm just trying to you know just trying to get things done around my house and uh love on my family stay hydrated stay hydrated drink lots of water <laughs> right now start, start hydrating now for sturgis yeah well uh obviously we'll get super excited when august rolls around again we get to see you again buddy because it's you know it is it's just a it's a great 10 days and again i can't i can't push the 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 musical aspects enough of the rally and if, if you know if it was up to me i'd oh, yeah. leave the bikes at home and just come out and see the shows so there's a lot of people out there Hopefully, hopefully some of those folks take their experience, the music experience, and take it home with them and tell their friends. Well, always so good to talk to you, David. I'm so glad you had a few minutes yeah, for us. Talk to you too, Mark. I have a whole new plan for August. I'm not going to make you drink scotch this time. I'm a big fan of scotch now. I am. We're going to go all bourbon this time, all right? We're going to find some. I got I got a plan, so just, just be ready. You're going to have to explain to me the difference between scotch and bourbon, but I'll be there. I'm yeah. nerding out on that stuff, so, you know, it'll bore the hell out of you, but you'll learn. Bourbon Now, bourbon comes from Kentucky, or is that whiskey? Bourbon is all whiskey is bourbon, but not all bourbon is whiskey. Bourbon, mm, that helped. Bourbon has to come from the United States. Can't be made outside of the United States. Doesn't have to be made in Kentucky. Don't get mm. me started on this, because then you'll just hang up, and I'll just sit here and be talking to Andy the whole time, so... <laughs> Uh, looking forward to August, buddy. Can't wait to see you then, oh, man. man. I'm looking forward to it, too, man. And I appreciate you guys uh, thinking of me and taking the time to get me on. Absolutely, yeah. man. I'm glad you agreed to do it. Thank you, David. Anytime, guys. Take care, buddy. Thanks, dude. All right, guys. See you. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of My First Concert. I am Mark Houston. I am the host and producer of the show. It's engineered by Chris Jaquez, and all the audio and visual work is done by our own Russ Haddon. My First Concert is on the Home Slice Audio Network, and if you like what you heard, a great review is always appreciated.